0: You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. We talk moto events from around the world. All the injuries, all the training ins and outs, the bikes, parts and gear inspections, the results we interview your favorite riders it's the always moto podcast we occasionally have some coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way if you don't like it or you don't agree with us turn it off right now i'd like to
1: remind you that he is not a doctor
0: That's right, moto fans. I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist, and this is episode 69 of the Always Moto Podcast. As always, I'm your host, David Hogan. We'll be joined later in the show by the Always Moto contractor, Ben Grinley. And yes, yes, it has been a while, and unfortunately, he is still waiting to be paid. This is the Always Moto Podcast, and we are in the depths of the clinic throwing strapping tape anywhere it will stick. As always on the show, we'll be going through all things moto, and particularly the injuries in our sport, because... Hashtag injuries are a part of moto. This week on the show, we'll be talking all things super motocross from Unadilla. that's back this weekend for the AMA um, series over there. We'll also catch up a little bit, we haven't been back for a little while here on the Always Moto podcast, I was away on holidays, we're going to catch up on some of the things that happened at World Supercross at round one at Villa Park a few weeks ago And, and we'll be checking in a little bit on some MXGP stuff as well. But bringing us the show today, it's Competitive Edge Performance. Are you looking to take your performance to the next level? Competitive Edge Performance is the go-to provider of strength and conditioning programs, sports nutrition, and on-bike coaching schools for athletes of all levels. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned pro, they've got you covered. Offering in-person sessions and top-notch online programs accessible anywhere, anytime through their awesome training app. Competitive Edge Performance believes everyone deserves access to the best training and performance methods so you can ride faster and safer and feel damn good doing it. With over 10 years industry experience and plenty more of personal racing uh, as well, their coaches know what it takes to succeed. Join Competitive Edge Performance today. Always Moto podcast listeners, you get a special discount here. You get a 50% off your first month on their training app if you use the code COMP Edge coach in capital letters. So use that code there, guys. It's C-O-M-P-E-D-G-E-C-O-A-C-H in in all in um, caps lock there. And that will get you that 50% off your first month with competitive edge performance. Also bring us the show slant Slantboard Guy. Don't forget we have that affiliate deal in place and Slantboard Guy has offered a 10% discount for all the Ways Moto podcast listeners. So if you want to get your squats on point in the gym, improve your standing technique on the bike with stronger legs, this simple piece of equipment is for you. Use the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase at checkout to save with Guy. Endurance recovery boots as well. If you want to maximize that training that you want to do with all these things we've just mentioned, you need to be recovered before each and every session. These recovery boots can help you be your best for your next effort. Use the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase at checkout to save with endurance recovery boots. And finally, Tech 167 3D printing. Do you need something really cool for your bike? Maybe just a funnel that fits straight into the oil filler cap and means no mess. Check out these products as they might be for you. A special code for all the guys uh, and girls here at Always Moto at checkout. Use Always Moto in lowercase to save with Tech 167 3D printing. As always, we have our merch available. We have our t-shirts available. They're $25 plus postage and handling. Uh, and we also are currently doing a bit of a t-shirt, uh, a bit of a hat driver, I should say. We've got some hats on order. Check our Instagram for the designs. We're not doing any markup on these. They're just purely to get the name out and about. If you would like a new hat, these things are pretty damn good looking. Uh, They've got the Always Moto logo on them. They're going to be $50 plus postage and handling. And like I said, there's no markup, but then they're purely what they're costing me to get them here and to you. So um, yeah, feel free to get one of those guys. Send me an email at info at alwaysmoto.com. Put t-shirt order or hat in the subject line uh, and send us the size you want um, and the details and payment will be by PayPal and we'll get those things out to you ASAP. If you want to show your support direct to the show, send us a donation as well. Always moto PayPal account is there in the links in our social medias. Drop us a message or a question in the, sh- in the notes of the, of the donation and we'll read it out live on the show too. To find all our supporters, follow the links in the show notes or in our bio on our social pages and you'll get connected to those places ASAP. Enough with the intro talk. Let's jump straight into the show hey guys and girls i'm gage Linville, and you're listening to the always moto podcast All right, welcome to the show benny thanks for joining us again on this uh it's kind of like a semi return of the always moto podcast i've been off for a few weeks gallivanting around the u.s yeah we're, we're, but we're back mate
1: yes welcome back to australia <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i came with covid yeah welcome back here's your covid dose um you know thanks for coming
1: Yes, that's the last thing that you needed. As soon as you, uh, as soon as you got home.
0: Yeah, it's uh, wasn't wasn't exactly fun, but I, I, we're past it now. We're feeling good. Um, but yeah, trip was good, but uh, time to get back into some content creation, mate.
1: Yes, it is. We've been a bit. Uh, well, we've been trying. We've been trying with the TikTok, but uh, yeah, people want to probably hear some hear some information, not just look at uh, my crappy videos that I put on. <laughs>
0: Hey, don't, don't degrade yourself too far, mate. They're not that bad. They may be like, you know, C grade or something, but that's about as high as you'd rate on the Hollywood scale.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: <laughs> All right, well, let's get into this show, mate. Um, there's been a bit of action since we, since we last did something. The last thing we popped out was before Red Bud as a main show. Obviously, we had those uh, post race interviews from Red Bud that I got together there, weren't being on the ground. But we've had Millville, we've had Washugal, we've had uh, the World Supercross opener at Villa Park, we've had some more MXGP races. I don't think we've had any actual Oz Pro MX in that period, but uh, they're back this weekend. But yeah, there's plenty to talk about. Let's let's start off with the uh, World Supercross at Villa Park. Um, good to good to see the season kick off, but. Interesting way to kick off for me. Just a long way from the second round, uh, but obviously some scheduling conflicts that we sort of caught there at the end of our pre-show uh, dictated that sort of setup. And the other part that I was sort of interesting in was the crowd, or maybe lack of crowd at the round one. For me, it wasn't uh, didn't seem to be well supported from the crowd side of things over there.
1: Yeah, no, there didn't seem to be a great deal of uh, people there, but. They still had uh, some people there. I think oh, one side of the stadium wasn't even in use. You no, know, the um, two short ends we, of
0: the football stadium were both empty. There was nothing in either of them. Um, they only used the two long sides from from the coverage that I, I could see.
1: Yeah, so it's not, um, you know, probably not ideal, but uh, I know from, you know, a few things I've seen online and whatnot that um, – People that have been talking about it and saying that they went and whatever reckon that if it, you know, if it goes back, they will, um, they'll go back again and they're probably not, uh, you know, they're not really into it, but they thought, hey, it's here, let's go to it. Um, and then, yeah, they're like, we'll go back every time it comes now. So, uh, yeah, maybe next time they might see some more, um, people in the, in the seats and it might, be a little bit better,
0: yeah. Ho- hopefully, obviously, it's a new concept and stuff, so people are still getting familiar with it and you know understanding whether they should or shouldn't go. But I did actually look up what that stadium's capacity was. So, Villa Park actually can hold about 42,000 in its current arrangement. Uh, and I think I worked out and I think I read somewhere that it was actually around 20,000 from what the world supercross said they had in there. And I was looking at I'm like, yeah, if they're not using those two short ends and they, they're not really full on the two long sides, they're probably about that 15 to 20. So it's not bad, but it's still more than we, we talk Aussie football over here or something like some of these NRL games for the rugby league, they'd be lucky if they get 10,000, you know, and they run it every week and across multiple stadiums. So, you know, I think it's still better than that.
1: Yeah, I think it is, but it's it's such a like over in England, it's the you know the Premier League over there to them like the soccer for the people that don't know, is just massive, and that's what they, you know, that's one of their main sports, like that's all they follow pretty much. I feel like. Um, so I think to get 20000 or whatever they had is probably still a pretty good pull for, you know, a sport like ours.
0: Yeah, and like we said, it's only the second – well, it's the first time it's been a Villa Park. It's the second, you know, UK GP that they've had. The first one wasn't really well, you know, um, known about for too long. So – Ideally, year on year, this gets bigger and bigger. So hopefully that's the case and we see more crowds. But it was okay. It'd just be nice to see some more people in some of these venues. And I don't think anything's going to compare to what um, the Melbourne round will get. But uh, it's a start. So we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, next part on the thing, I'll, I'll quickly touch on, obviously, the two winners. So Ken Roxon got the job done in the WSX class and Shane McElrath got, the, got it done in the SX2 um, Kenny's on a different level for me, um, and Shane looked like he had maybe only Max and maybe uh, Mitchell Oldenburg, and if Enzo wasn't uh, you know injured, I think they'd be the only ones that are going to challenge Shane at this stage. You you think this think similar, Benny?
1: Yeah, well, I think Enzo still did pretty well, uh, even though, you know, he was riding all night with a dislocated shoulder, as uh, Ralph kept saying. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he he did well, and apparently um, there was talk of him having an operation on it. So if he's good to go by the next round, then uh, then he could be, could be a problem for, um, yeah, could be a problem for that title.
0: Yeah, he he could be. The only thing with Enzo and it's sort of carried over from his um from his AMA rounds. He he's not the greatest of starters and he does he has got some good starts, um, but not as often as he needs and in this sort of uh, very short six lap and then was it eight or 10 lap, sorry, um, format where the laps are only 40 to 50 seconds in length. He doesn't have enough race time to get to the front, so He's gonna have to work on those starts, but yeah, he is supposedly getting surgery done. No confirmation of where that's up to at this stage from 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 club or from Enzo, but yeah, um, hopefully he's got enough big enough window to get what he gets needs done sorted and he can be strong. I don't think he's gonna be a hundred percent by that um, Singapore round, but we will we'll find out in a couple of weeks time. But le- while we're on Enzo, uh, and you mentioned it here. The, the so-called, his shoulder was dislocated all night, as according to, to Ralph on the commentary. I was just wanting to jump through my screen and strangle Ralph at that point because everybody knew that the shoulder got put back in. And yes, he had a dislocated shoulder, an emphasis on the had, as in past tense. Not that he has one currently because he wouldn't be racing. There's no way he would be racing if his shoulder was out. So, Ralph, I know, just put it in context and say it maybe once or twice. Don't say it every time he's on the screen and every lap that he's he's getting around. Oh, Enzo's got a dislocated shoulder and he's still competing. Get off it, mate. Come on.
1: Yeah, I am just watching the replay back today. uh, Just to try and remember because it's been so long. Uh, Yeah, it was... You know, I thought it at the time, and it came back to me today. You know, he was still doing well, so it obviously wasn't dislocated anymore. But um, yeah, our mate Ralph, uh, he was thinking that it was.
0: He loves a storyline just to harp on and, and continuously repeat to waste the, the five minutes of race time that they've got to commentate on. So, but let's let's go on to that commentary team. We're there at this minute. Um, Ralph and Jeff obviously been revamped into this World Supercross coverage from after their, you know, um, removal from the AMA coverage, what's that, three years ago now or something like that. But uh, i got to say, Ralph and Jeff, they, they just can't seem to, with this format, for me, being super quick, Ralph and Jeff just aren't fast enough on keeping up with what's what's going on on the screen, but also with the way that they're commentating that commentating the race they're not keeping up with it in the sense that ralph's trying to build a story in a five minute race and can't then commentate on what's the actions that is happening and the example i'm going to give is that part where he was talking about the efforts from rick rare where rick racing i can't say rare for some reason but anyway rick Ware racing getting stuck um, and, and the efforts that they had across the, their racing departments, across drag racing and whatever other f- sports he was trying to get out, but then realised that the race was over and had to stop and basically realised that he needed to commentate on the fact that um, Naclarath had already won the race. So there's not the time for, for Ralph to be doing what he wants to do in terms of the commentary. He's got to, I think they've got to change their style, and if they can't change their style, I don't know if it's going to be worth having them stick around on this commentary team, but obviously that's not decisions for us. But it'd be, it'd be nice if they kept up with the uh, action on the screen.
1: Yeah, and see, you know, for me, uh, Ralph and, and Jeff are like going back to Supercross. They were the commentators for so long that I knew. Um, and so for me, it's like going back in time, but it's – it's just not the same. And it's like you said, it's not right. They, uh, it's very relaxed too. I'm not sure if uh, you, you know, maybe think the same, but it's very relaxed. And like you said, they're, they're you know, trying to create stories and the race is finished. It needs to, um, you know, they probably need to sharpen it up a little bit.
0: Yeah, I noticed that too about the, the Ralph and Jeff are obviously good mates um, after doing, you know, so much work together for so many years. And even when Chad's in the booth, they're obviously friendly with him, and I know that they've obviously gone to dinners and stuff plenty of times over the years because they talk about it every time they're on the coverage that they went to dinner the night before or something, you know. So all that's well and good, but I feel like it, yeah, it's just not necessary. And and like you brought up, it's the same for me. Obviously, Ralph and Jeff, the years that I was, the, you know, starting to watch American Supercross, they were the commentators for all of it until just recently. So it is a bit of nostalgic um, when you think about those two guys and you hear their voices but just because it reminds you of a, of a period of you know, your life or the racing that they're associated with doesn't mean they still should be the commentators. You know, maybe it is time for them to be you know, moved over to some other form of racing. Ralph obviously does lots of other things in terms of commentary. But yeah, maybe it's time for somebody else who can you know, do it in a, in a different light in, a, in, in keep up with that fast pace that this World Supercross is trying to do uh, it might just be a different way different position. They need to move to in, in the future. We'll see how it goes Maybe they get better. Maybe it was just the first one You know that they've they're back they've got to get back in the swing of it and realize how quickly the event goes But hopefully it, hopefully it just improves because it wasn't it wasn't fantastic at round one
1: No, but then you know that he's a he's a thing for you and I know uh that you saw you saw my tweet if you go and change you know people know jeff and ralph you go and change your commentary team to maybe some people that we don't know or haven't really heard of or whatever else which is exactly what uh has happened for the australian viewers for the moto gp this weekend and from now on uh is a completely different coverage and different commentators and everything I didn't see one good word about that all weekend. And so, you know, can you imagine them adding that problem into, you know, trying to deal with everything that they deal with and, you know, how uh, supercross and motocross fans get? Um, yeah, that probably – that thought might be in the back of their head as well.
0: It would be, and, and that is difficult. But at some point, you know, a change has to occur. Um, you just have to hope when you pick that whoever that new person is and the new team that they might put in place, you just have to hope that they hit the money on you know straight away that they're they're good, you know they can't be shit because they're gonna cop it like you said they're gonna cop it royal from the social media wannabes so and people like us because I'm giving it to them now so <laughs> you know that's gonna happen but uh, at some point a change has to occur one of them might get hit by a bus tomorrow and they have to change him you know so. Um, yeah, see what happens in time. I don't think they're going to change. They're obviously in place for this this um, series. It's more a case of what happens next year is whether they get brought back or not. We'll see how that plays out. But let's move on from the commentators. Enough ear bashing on them. Um, they'll probably bash the crap out of us whenever they hear our stuff, Benny. So, you know, there's fair. Um, let's talk. Oh, I, I've got to bring this up. The Super pole lap from Vince Freese. Did you see the start of that lap for Vince Freese?
1: i don't know how he didn't end up over the berm uh it was <laughs> yeah that was ridiculous i don't
0: know how he didn't even end up just face planted before the berm he almost like jumped over the front of the bike as he hit neutral it was that much, that sudden of a you know change in pace of the bike to his body that yeah it was it was something else he still managed to get a decent lap time in which i don't know how but yeah that was uh that was a bit shocking to watch
1: yeah, I mean, we've all done it, but that time and that place was, you know, and to save it, um, yeah, I mean, well done for it turning out how it did, but, you know, we all know what that's like, and it's not great.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely definitely a good save on, on Vince's part. And Vince, Vince, I was a general thing for that night, rode really well, considering it was a return from an Achilles injury so for him, first race back. So I, I actually suspect Vince will actually get better. Uh, once his stamina is a bit better and those little gaps that he got in some of those races when obviously fell over in one and held off kenny in another um he's going to be a pain in everybody's butt this year i think
1: yeah well i think you know he's already given it to kenny a bit Uh, i think there was one race there he pushed him wide a little bit and was making it difficult and he won that uh That second GP, so you know he's only got to keep getting those good starts that he had. Uh, I think he pulled. All was it? Did he get all the whole shots or two at least? Um, You know he's only got to keep doing. Yeah, he's only got to keep doing that, and um, you know Kenny or the other boys to get a bad start. And yeah, it's not going to take long for consistency to pay off.
0: Yeah, now and those starts too. The one another part that Ralph decided to harp on was about calling that first corner chaos corner, and I kind of have to agree with him. It was pretty nuts. I I feel like that design of that first corner was bad.
1: It wasn't ideal. Did you, the way it, that, uh, that it
0: created, butt was was horrible. It seemed like the inside guys couldn't actually get to the inside of the corner because it was the way the, the you know the the cardboard tough blocks popped out and the outside guys didn't have an angle at it to come in. So, uh, yeah, some, somebody got their uh, protractor wrong when they were making that track.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I, Melbourne 2019, the start was like that. Um, Melbourne last year, the start was similar to that. And then, you know, this one. So I think it's just sort of the way they go. That's the way they, you know, they want their starts to be.
0: I wonder if that – you know how in the – and you might not realise this, but in the MXGP rules, there's a bit of a rule around the start being X, Y, Z length, a, a complete U-turn and then another section of straight to allow you know, passing and, and, and obvious inside gate selection to be better than an outside gate selection. I wonder if the World Supercross has some rules from the FIM along those lines as well, in terms of how it's got to be and and length of start and stuff. Because that might be why this is still a recurring, you know, design feature. Let's
1: say. Well, if there wasn't, I think there will be questions being asked now. Because um, so I'm not sure if you would have seen it uh, on the highlights or not, but when they had the red flag for Michael Essie, they had a staggered start on the start line. Oh, yeah. And, and and by the time the first lot were nearly round, you know, back to the start straight, the end of the train was only just moving out of the way. But what about um, the
0: Marshall that nearly got run over because he was still trying to get away from the last guy as the first guy was coming across? Like...
1: That was a point time. Yeah, and so, yeah, I think, uh, I think there's probably, you know, questions that will be asked after that. Yeah,
0: I think it needs to be looked at. That you can't have that many crashes in a first turn uh, occurring, you know, when they're going to have three first turns every night for every class so that all pay points, you know. So they've got to work that out a bit better to get everybody through, the majority of them through the majority of the time. Because, yeah, that needs to be looked at. Now, on, on the formats, um, watching the coverage, there was a lot of fluff pieces in between because I felt like the racing was too short. I feel like, the particularly in the SX2, with six-lap races and then a 10-lap race, you're talking for those six-lap races, barely five minutes of race time. It was too short for me.
1: Yeah, no, nah, it's way too short. And the uh, I know I guess we're sort of, I think we might have talked about it in the pre-show. We're so used to these triple crowns being 250, 450, 250, 450, like that. Um, I'm not a fan of just three 250 races and then three 450 races either. Um, so I think those two things could be, you know, and I know World Supercross are trying to be different, but uh, for me, if they could work on those two things, uh, that'd be good. Oh, they
0: might revoke your uh, press pass for Melbourne if they hear you say triple crown <laughs> again. Because I got in trouble for that one when I wrote to them asking what the format was. Was it triple crown again? We don't use that term at World Supercross. Was the response I got? <laughs> so <laughs> just careful on that one, mate. We'll, 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 we'll veto that one. I might put a bleep in or something. You know, so. <laughs> But, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm with you. The, the racing's too short. The way that they separate the, the, the two classes, I can see why they're doing it because they want the the SX, WSX class to be the premier class. But And it does give a little bit of track maintenance time while they do the podium from SX2. But, yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, it's not familiar. It's a bit odd. It's just way too short. I think I'd like to see them time-dependent the race for for the the distances for each three just so that they're not under five minutes because if that track was any shorter or fast like a bit faster in a couple of sections they'd be under 45 second lap times like they're doing 47 48s man that's too short to do five laps on it's not enough track time for anybody so yeah i think i'd like to see him do like a just make sure it's six minutes long or something like that you know
1: Well, it's not just the – it's not enough track time for them, but it's not enough track time for the fans to see the riders that they've come to see. No. The price of
0: it is not worth it.
1: Yeah. If you – I can say last year I went Friday, Saturday to – you I went to Melbourne last year, and so that – the. World Supercross riders had, like, a practice on Friday night. So you saw the Australian Supercross and World Supercross riders uh, together. But if you were to only go Saturday night, you're not really going to see that, like, you know, they're there, they do the races, but in reality, it's not a lot of track time for, you know, the fans to get to see when they're only, you know, when the races are so short.
0: Yeah, it's definitely – I think they've got to look at this whole thing and just, just tighten it up some way, somehow, or, or and give more track time and all that sort of business. But, yeah, it's, just, it's obviously a work in progress. They just need to progress the work a bit quicker. <laughs> all right, next bit on this list, and I'm glad it wasn't there, but I I heard on the coverage that it'll probably be there for the rest of them, the metal ramp for the finish line. I was so happy when I saw that it wasn't there. And I was disappointed when they said it was only because it was an open stadium and the risk of rain making the metal ramp too slippery to get over. And I was like, God damn it, that means it's going to be in Melbourne.
1: Well, we did talk about this and we did wonder what would happen, uh, especially, especially, um, you know, in the UK. It seems to rain there more than the sun's out, except I think the sun was actually out during the race at one point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be back in Melbourne, and I guess you know all the other open air stadiums will just have dirt.
0: Yeah, I don't. I just, I just wish they'd get rid of that thing. If they have more flat tires in Melbourne because of the metal ramp, I'm going to bring it up to somebody. <laughs> I'm going to find somebody <laughs> and bring it up to them. It might be some rando in the crowd, but I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I mean that the dirt ramp that they had was. It was, it was a kicker and a half. It was, you know, they were going really high, but in and they were, you know, the two fifties were coming up a bit short nearly every time they landed. Um, but yeah, it was it was a booter.
0: Yeah, it was a good jump, but obviously they did that for their freestyle show for the rest of the night. I didn't see any. I fast forwarded that if I did have it on the coverage, I didn't even notice. But it was probably because of that that they needed something to jump off. So anyway, but yeah, it was a booter. It was a good jump. It made them work hard for it. Now. Lastly, on the, on the coverage that I wanted to get to from World Supercross, I don't know if you noticed, but I think everybody did. I'm sure there were some social posts about it um, the days afterwards. Enzo's clutch change in between the races. They have eight minutes between the races. He's probably lost 30 seconds you know, or so getting back from you know, not being the first one across the line. So he's about seven, seven and a half minutes of time. And they've changed the clutch in that time. It's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. And uh, I guess, you know, they. Th- there was talk of that and how things were going to get, you know, if you had damage or whatever else, how it was going to get fixed in that time. But, um, you know, they've got top uh top mechanics and that's that's what they're trying to do so um yeah good job to the mechanics
0: yeah club mx obviously had practiced that one and lined up what they had to do and and how they were going to do it and yeah they they pulled that off nicely there was there was there was never in doubt he actually got back onto the line and you know it wasn't like the 30 second board was up or anything he, he had plenty of time so he probably did it in about five minutes in in all reality which was very, very impressive from the Club MX boys there, all the mechanics that were doing that one. So, well done, guys. All right, let's um let's jump over to the Super Motocross talk and uh, let's quickly jump back to some Red bud side of things here. Uh, Benny has got uh, a little update on the contractor challenges that I, I'm pretty sure I successfully completed.
1: <laughs> you did. <laughs> um, but I'm going to have to say that if your wife and kids yeah. beat you to it. They outdid me, mate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they. Uh, I'm just, you know, sitting here, just you know, qualifying was. I think it was qualifying.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I was about to start, and I just went back and looked in our messages, and literally ten minutes after the coverage had started, there's this sign on the screen, and there's two little kids standing in front of it, and I thought, gee. That little kid looks a lot like Dave, <laughs> and uh, and then the sign, and I looked up, and then there's an Always Moto shirt, and I thought, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I sent you, took a photo, took a photo, sent it to you, and um, yeah. So the wife and kids both got on the TV, and Weege had a bit of a talk about it. Yeah, so um,
0: funny story to all that because that night before, like I was up late you know, after being there on the day before, just sort of trying to sort some things out in my mind about who I was going to try and go and talk to and all that sort of stuff. And so I finally fall asleep, but, but the wife, Jen, she, she, she said she couldn't sleep all night because she was trying to work out how she could get Hunter and Jet's attention, you know, for the kids to see them. And she, she goes all night, she basically said she couldn't figure out how she was going to do it. And she when I woke up at like, I don't know, 5.30 or something when the alarm went off, she goes to me, how am I going to make a sign? I'm like, we've got a Coco Pops box over there. Just rip that open. And that was the, that was the key to, to the success, she reckoned, was the Coco Pops <laughs> box. So it's, uh, yeah, it's quite funny. She, she, she had a mission. She, she achieved it. Uh, and, yeah, she was stoked when she saw that we'd gotten on the TV. So I appreciate you sending through that message of it because I think that made her day more than actually whatever else happened, the rest of it. So... <laughs>
1: yeah no it was good and you know, i just couldn't believe it like, and i'd only just walked back into the tv too because i would just walked out and i walked back in so another two seconds and i would have missed it yeah um but yeah no it was it was cool and then yeah so the challenge what was the challenge that i gave you uh
0: you wanted me to get onto somehow the weed show
1: which successfully i think you stood in the background for the whole probably 10 minutes that he filmed it
0: <laughs> well there was there was two like there was the post-race show that, that the racer x did and i was wandering around the pits trying to get some interviews and i just so happened to stumble on the fact that you know in front of the twisted t truck that they were there filming it and i'm like that's right. Benny said I got to get on these bloody weed shows. So I just walked over and stood be at the back of it and didn't do anything. I just stood there. Weed saw me because I'd spoken to Weeds the day before um, and that morning actually about different things. So he saw me and he's like, just, you know, left it going. But then I just stayed there talking to Mitch Kendra and Kellen Brower from Racer X um, after they'd finished that show. And that's when Weed started doing his walk around for the Weed show. And I feel like he just walked a loop around those two trucks there and i was just standing there the whole time talking to i think it was mitch kendra at that point so um yeah i was in the back pretty easy and obviously and i was just standing there grinning because i knew what i was doing for, for the for the task at hand
1: yes and then so i screenshot that and i tagged weed in it and uh and the photo of the kids and uh i said yep yeah the challenge is achieved and um i think he was he was like that worked out well so uh i said he was i'm going to say he was impressed so we'll go with that but yeah, no yeah. well done because you did he did complete it well, um I which think, was good
0: i think there'll be one more step that the missus is going to outdo me on um because it was her her thing but um uh, a couple of the guys um like the photographers were there when we actually got signatures with jet and hunter and so like the whole family i jumped into the photo but the wife um knew the mission complete she was standing square on to the camera and the whole always moto is perfectly in vision and there i am standing side on holding a kid up and you can barely see it so um pretty sure one of those photos with us being in front of jet or hunter is going to probably be in a racer x here you know next issue or so so yeah look out for that if you if you see it and um Take a photo of it, put it on the social media and tag us in it. That would be pretty funny. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's coming. Well,
1: it uh, it did make it to the uh, Honda it did too. Yes. USA, uh, USA in, in Instagram page. Yes. Uh, so that also, uh, if anyone wants to see the photo, they can go on you know, the Honda Racing US Instagram page and um, it is on there.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, so like I said, the, the wife knew the, knew the assignment. She got the Always Moto thing out there. I completely f- screwed the pooch on that one. So, but anyway, she <laughs> she's bringing it up for, for all of us. But no, so that was that was pretty cool to get those things sorted out. But the kids loved it. We actually got, and I think I told you this one, but um, because of that sign, the, the like the kids and Jen uh, and my parents were there as well. They all stood in the queue for the Hondas signing for the for Jet and Hunter. Um, for, as soon as the pits opened to the public, um, you had to have a pit pass, but they opened at like midday or something, I think it was. And, um, yeah, so they stood in that queue for about two hours and uh, Dazzy spotted them with the sign. And just as I'd walk back over to talk to them, um, Dazzy came and grabbed us all and took us into the Honda truck and they got the kids got to meet um, Jet and Hunter privately inside the Honda truck, which was, was really cool. Um, so that was a pretty neat little... Uh, you know thing that they just they they earned you know Jen earned that, and the kids earned that by standing there for two hours in the one spot waiting for waiting for a signature, so yeah, pretty awesome day for the kids and uh the little man has since been oh, he's he 's a jet fan as it was, but uh he actually asked me this afternoon out of the blue he he just says to me daddy does uh does jet always win <laughs> 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 Hold on, Mark. well. I kind of have to answer yes at the moment, but you'll probably lose at some point. But let's hope it's not till next year.
1: <laughs> yes, no, it's the only way you can, yeah, you can answer at this point in time.
0: Yeah, definitely. So on that, actually, I've got a question in this one for 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 us moving moving a bit forward here. But Jet and this so-called you know perfect run that he's on at the moment, uh, do we see it continue? one, this weekend, but. Do we, does he get the perfect season?
1: It's going to be tough, uh, especially now after a two-week break. Um, I think going back to the round that Kenny came in—I uh, forget which one it was—but he was the he was the only person to push him, um, I guess, in a way, and he led laps and whatever else. And I Jet, you know, Jet still. Still went 1-1, one, one, but, you know, there was talk of Kenny racing one or two of the next three, um, and now that's out the window. So until I heard that Kenny wasn't racing, I was a bit, you know, I'm not sure how it's going to go because, I, you know, I feel like Chase just can't help himself again when it comes to uh, tucking that front end. So I was thinking that Kenny was going to be the only one to, you know, probably put up a challenge, but, yeah, I don't know. I think now, you know, I think if this weekend he gets it, I think that's it. I think he's going perfect season. Uh, but it's such a, you know, such a hard thing to, you know, we want it to happen, but can it happen? That's the thing.
0: Yeah, there's there's so many variables. Like, you know, you could get a flat tire. You could, you, could, uh, you know, just have something go loose and have the seat fall off. You know, a couple of bolts get forgotten to get tightened and something falls off as simple as a seat and that could be enough to derail this. But, you know, at the moment, he obviously looks very comfortable, capable of going faster if he needs to, whereas, you know, the competition doesn't seem to be able to do that. But you've got to think with Chase, as much as he continues to tuck the front, and just have moments where he's pushing to catch and then, you know, something goes wrong like at Washuga, where he hit neutral and tipped over. Like, at some point, he's got to get at least one of these races, you would think, done perfectly. Good start. Jet gets a bad one. You know, no tip overs, no neutrals, just clean laps. And you've got to think that that's enough to just make it so that Jet just can't get past him. We haven't seen that yet you know a clean race from chase really so you know is that the key to to this being knocked over at the end don't know but i am think i'm with you every week that goes past in the last few um seems like it's going to get closer and closer the washugal thing was one because it's a different track you know um, surface this weekend at unadilla same thing it's a little bit different surface a little bit different way that it the track will form up with a lot of ruts, and you know they' become hard and the, the rocks that are in it. If he does it this weekend, you've got to look he's got um Iron Man's the final round uh, and what's the round we're missing here that's still coming up here? What is it? um Oh buds, so Buds is going to be a you know a good track for for both of them, and un is going to be a good track for both of them, so there's nothing really that's going to stand out on those two tracks as a problem for either. So I think if he can get through this weekend at Unadilla with the, the the ruts and the rocks without too much hassle, well then it's looking pretty likely.
1: Yeah, and like you said, just you know, I think he can do it. It's just yeah, a matter of all the all the possibilities, um, you know. But then if if Chase gets in front, do you see? Sort of an aggressive side Come out or are we just going You know If you know it's title time Because he can win the title this week uh, Does he just go No the title is more important
0: Well if he goes 1-1 this weekend And wins the title I think You see him push to go 1-1 At every the last four motos Because he's already done what he was set out to achieve Which was you know a title in the rookie season so this weekend's the the pivotal moment, eh? Like, if something's going sideways in one of these motos, you might see him just settle so that that title is clinched. But if nothing's going yeah. on, he's just going through to the end, I think.
1: Yeah, oh, I can agree.
0: Yeah, and especially now, like we, like you, you just touched on too, Roxon's not coming out for these. He was the one that sort of threw a spanner in the works, and he would have, he would have. Th- thrown up a challenge this week at Unadilla too it's his it's his style track so yeah that makes it a bit a bit more interesting a prospect for for Jet to be um you know looking more likely now that he's not going to be there all right let's um let's roll on to the other Lawrence brother Hunter Lawrence it's been a bit of a up and down couple of weeks since that second moto at Redbud um Things looked okay the week after. They looked better the week at, at Millville. Oh, sorry, we missed out on Southwick in all that comment, comments there about the races that happened before too. Yeah, so it looked all right there at Millville. Washougal, he should have done better, but he didn't. He had a crash there. Uh, what are we going to see from Hunter this week, do you reckon? I, I'm hoping he's back to that form that he had early in the season and you know, potentially that Moto 1 form at Redbud because he looked on point in Moto 1 at Red Bud.
1: Well, the word ribs kept getting thrown around from oh,
0: Red Bud to,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, to the weeks after, and there might have been a problem from the start. So what do you, you know, if, if there was anything, and now we've had two-week break, I think he gives us start of the season, Hunter. I think, you know, he's going to push now. There's three left. And um, I don't think you would be too happy with, you know, Hayden going 1-1, one, one you know, and whatever. So, I think, um, yeah, I think this will be it. He'll, he'll get into gear now and just, uh, yeah, do what he's got to do.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think the break has done him the world of good. And I think what Hayden said on the podium the other day will have just sparked the fire back up for, for Hunter to, to go um, but let's just go back a sec let's go back to those comments you just sort of started to touching on there about the ribs being thrown around it's an interesting one I'm, I can't I'll, I'll, th- I'll say it too because I was listening to I can't remember which one of the pulp shows was Steve talking about Hunter's ribs and he was carrying on saying oh it's not ribs it's not broken blah 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 the way he described it, and I can't remember exactly right this second. I haven't written it down, and I'm not going to replay it or anything, but he didn't describe it very well, let's say. There's lots of different aspects to what could be a rib injury. It could be a fracture, and I'll say this as well too while we're here. A fracture, a break, a crack, they're all the same damn thing. The bone is broken. It's just different terminology. A fracture is just a medical word for break or broken bone, right? It, it doesn't matter whether it's cracked, broken fractured they're all the same damn thing anyway so it's probably not broken ribs it's probably some rib cartilage or some intercostal muscles that have been stretched or torn and that's what's what he's dealing with as an ongoing thing because every time that rib cage expands they'll be under some load that that won't be pleasant and it needs a few weeks to settle it could have just been bone bruising it doesn't have to be a fracture. Steve was right in the sense that there's multiple things that could be going on. But the way he described it was absolute shit house. So, <laughs> it's um there's plenty of things that are going on, but this 2 week break will have basically solved most of it. There's nothing there that is going to prevent him from doing a you know, a physically a really good job this weekend. It's now purely down to um, you know, mental, mental fortitude at this point as to who's going to be stronger to the end and who can perform under pressure at these final three rounds. So I'm, I'm, I think that'll be the case unless there's been another tip over in practice, but from Hunter, that has tweaked those up again, but there's been nothing that we've heard about at this stage. So ideally Hunter is coming in raring to go. Yep.
1: Let's go with that. <laughs>
0: all right let's go on to hayden deegan obviously we just touched on him and and the the comments there that he had a bit i don't know if it was a direct dig but it was a bit of a bit of a um, move towards taking some of the american fans back to the american rookie that is hayden deegan that have maybe jumped over to the uh the lawrences in in the earlier years here that they've been establishing themselves in the u.s but uh It seems like he's having a pretty good season so far. But my question, Benny, I don't think he's had that rookie race that everybody has to have in their rookie season where shit just goes completely sideways and the result is absolute dog shit. I don't think he's had one of those yet. They've been average races, but not a rookie race for me.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's got to come, Um, and I think now, you know, after the comments made the other day, um, it's getting towards the end. The pressure's, you know, probably starting to pile on a little bit, Um, and, you know, we've just had a two-week break. It could, you know, he might not be... You know, from week to week, he's sort of in that zone. But after having a two-week break, you know, you can train and whatever else. But he might not be, you know, one hundred percent in the zone. It could happen this weekend. Do
0: you think? Um, I think about it this week, and that's maybe he comes in, you know, all gung ho and just maybe too over the top, and that's where it happens from.
1: Yeah, I think you know he would be taking notice of. Um, social media comments and you know, talk going around. Um, and he'll probably want to back it up again, but yeah, like you said, he'll be he's had two weeks to think about it. Um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. I, th- I think it, if it doesn't happen this weekend, I think it's got to at least happen in the last one or the other.
0: I, I think, like, if he's in the title hunt to the very end. I don't think it'll happen in the last round. It's got to happen this weekend or the, or, or the next one. That's where, that's where the, one of them's going to happen. It won't be necessarily both motos, but there's, there'll be a moto that he has to have this rookie moment in because otherwise he just breaks the mold of the rookie and proves that a rookie can be consistent. And that, from the short-term memory, apart from someone like you know Trey Kennard in his rookie Supercross season, I don't think it's really happened before. So, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. All right. Let's um, – a couple of things on the injury front. Uh, Eli Tomac has signed on for another Supercross season. I've got to say I'm a little shocked. I thought he was going to retire. Um, I thought that injury would have pushed him over the edge. But it seems that he is recovering well from everything that he said at that Alpine Star gear launch a couple of weeks ago now. And I wonder if some of this is to do with some of the same reasons that he has that awesome beast mode. And I think it's got to do with the fact that where he lives is at altitude. And so his body and the, his use of oxygen, because of the lack of oxygen in the air that he lives at, that he permanently lives at, I think has actually helped him, one, obviously from that beast mode and the ability to push all the way to the end of an event. But I think it's actually helping him now. Uh, in terms of his physical recovery. So there's some some things there that I've got some theories on with that one. I'm going to dig a bit deeper on that over in the next few weeks and see how that goes. But, um, yeah, he's he's back. He, he's coming back.
1: Yeah, I think like you, um, I'm a little bit surprised. Uh, I think if he'd won that title, that would have been it. I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, Yeah, especially, um, you know, like, you know, he's signed up for Supercross um, and it's not official yet, but, you know, he's going to have a new teammate. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how those two go on the, you know, go on the same team, um, being him and Cooper Webb together, um, which, you know, you would think could have factored into his decision as well um but yeah um yeah i'm surprised yeah
0: now i've got a little comment here in our notes because i feel like as much as he's coming back and obviously everybody's going to be oh it's eli tomac he's coming back he's going to win races and you know potentially championships i've just got a bit of a feeling that obviously what's happened here in the outdoors and the way that jet has taken off and chase is obviously still doing really well like yes he's getting a lot of seconds, but. He's, he's performing at a very high level and he did last year when he was chasing Eli as well. I feel like we're at that point and they've been talking about it for a little while, you know, is this the season where, the, where it's a changing of the guard? You know, and Tomac, Jason Anderson, you know, Marvin was in that list and maybe still is depending on what he's doing with retirement and stuff like that. But those guys are sort of at that point where they're, they're the twilight of their year, of their years. And you've seen it before where guys like, you know, Chad Reed, Stewart, they drop off. They don't end up winning as often as they had been in the years previous. I feel like this year coming, Elo will be back, but I wonder if he's actually going to win a race even. I, I feel like the changing of the guards coming and maybe Rox and Anderson Tomac don't win next year.
1: Well, Anderson didn't win this year. Um, Roxon did. And I guess if you look back to that night, Roxon was the last person that we thought was going to win that race. Exactly. Um, So I'm going to say yes, he will, whether it be a triple crown or not. um, I'm going to say that he will win another race. I actually said, and you'll laugh at this, I said... The last year that he was with Kawasaki, I said to my diehard Tomac fan mate, I said, "That's it. I said he's done. Like he's probably going to retire after this. Uh, you know, uh, you know. I think that's it. I think it's starting to get to the end." Well, Supercross title, motocross title, he did the lot and made me eat my words. And my mate absolutely gave it to me, so <laughs> <laughs> probably deserved. <of> <laughs> <sounds like. laughs> <laughs> yes, so yes, I'm going to go with uh, yeah. I, I still think he can win. Like I said, it might be a triple crown, might not, or yeah, you know, I, yeah. I think there's still one, one or two left.
0: All right. Well, I feel like you could be right. Like I'm not hard on this this point that I'm standing on right now, in terms of these guys not winning again, but. I feel like we're damn close. And we've seen it before with, with past champions where all of a sudden the next one comes in and they, that's it, that they don't win again. Is it this year coming? I feel like the injury recovery could impact the start of his season in terms of how his speed is and his endurance is. Um, there's just some factors that I feel like he's at that point. So we'll see. Um, if I'm right, I'll bring it up and say, look what I said. If I'm wrong, I'll say, oh, but I, I said that it might, you know, he might win, but, you know, he, he's moving towards that point. So I, I got an out, you know, let's let's see what happens. But, um, yeah, it would be interesting to see how that all plays out and whether he does get back on the bike as he indicated he would at November because that would be exactly on that point where I think that he, the earliest he could get back on the bike. Um, so we'll have to see if he gets enough prep in. How the bike gets set up again, if he does things differently in technique, or as as they pointed out on the World Supercross um, coverage, that a few people are running the uh, heel say or the 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 um, ankle saver pegs um, on a few of the bikes. I wonder if he'll do something like that or not, but uh, or whether he runs a different style of uh, Alpine Star boot, you know, to protect that. We'll have to wait and see what all that plays out like, but. Just keep an eye on the results. Let's see what happens next year. But I dare say we're damn close to the changing of the guard, particularly with how Jet Lawrence is performing so far this year. All right, next on our list, Justin Barsha. Sounds like he's going to be back this weekend at Unadilla, which will be the first pro motocross for him this season. Obviously, he had that injury back at Nashville in Supercross, which is a while ago now. Uh, but he had that hiccup there with re-breaking the collarbone and having to get it plated again. Uh, so he's finally back on the bike. He won't be super prepared in terms of his fitness and you know race duration, but uh, he's back. Bam Bam's back.
1: Yeah, I'll be interested to see how he does. Um, but you know, I think he'll he'll slot right into that top ten there somewhere and. Um, yeah just keep getting better for the next three and then um going to the super motocross rounds
0: i think that's the best part for him is he's at least getting a couple of races before that starts because that will be probably the aim where he's going to make the most of it, make the most money you know in the next few weeks but um i think he slots 5 6 i think that's where he is for this weekend 5 6 especially because it's his home race he'll be probably running off it, off the crowd adrenaline so but good to have him back so uh, and Christian Craig has been a fair bit happening with Christian Craig's injury as well. Uh, if you're keeping up with his vlogs lately, he's had another surgery to take out the, the repaired head, uh, like the hardware around the radial head in his elbow, which he already had redone. He's up to surgery number three. And it seems like um, they're going to leave him without a radial head, which will be a very interesting situation for him. It is possible but I'm curious how that will play out for someone, you know, of a professional supercross motocross racer and that impact that goes through the forearms there as to how that stability in the forearm is and whether he has ongoing pain. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out.
1: Yeah, well, I thought I'd put that in our notes here and get um, your thoughts on it because I've been, you know, just watching his socials and, you know, it goes from one cast to another, plastic cast and whatever. And then the other day, there was a full cast on there again, completely different to the other ones, which I sent in our uh, group chat, and I said, oh, it looks like, you know, he's had another another surgery, which um, then, you know, he had a vlog up, and they'd taken a the radial head out and whatever. And so, yeah, I was interested as to how that actually works and, you know, how that would be for him. So... Um yeah, I, I don't know why it wouldn't heal the other way, but I guess this is what he's being dealt with now.
0: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. So I'll explain it a little bit further because you're obviously asking, you know, important questions there. But the radial head, we're talking about the piece up at the elbow joint. And if you're sitting there with your thumb pointing up, making a thumbs up sort of, position the radial head will be on top there in the in the elbow crease uh, and it's actually shaped like a little bit of a, a a piece that will rotate around the ulnar so that you can turn your hand over and back so that you can you know, open a door and twist the handle and the knob um, it it's going to be difficult because that is now not there so the end of the bone is just basically shorter so it can move in space and freely roll around in there but there's nothing st- stabilizing the end of it. I'm, I'm hoping that they've done some relocation of the ligaments to the U end of the of the radial um, of the radius there to try and hold it down a bit in place because that's what I'm saying about the stability. As he's going to get that impact for something, you know, through the whoops and over jump of a triple or a case of a triple or something like that, there's the the stability there at that end of the bone is is not going to be the same. So it will be. grip strength um control of the handlebars all those things are going to be a lot different for for christian moving forward Uh, and i'm hoping i did meet christian at redbud and i did ask him for an interview on all this but obviously he's probably a bit (laughs) a bit annoyed about the situation with his with his wrist because i think he thought he was going to be back on the bike A couple of times by now. Um, Obviously, with the three surgeries, there's probably three times he thought he was going to be back on the bike, but didn't end up being. So, hopefully, we'll catch up with him in a few weeks' time when he's maybe a bit further past all this. But um, yeah, it it will be interesting to speak to him or hear on his own because he's got his own podcast nowadays too. Um, You know, how that is all playing out for him because it could be something that prevents him from maybe reaching his full capacity on the 450.
1: Yeah, and I mentioned that in our group chat. I said, you know, is that career ending or, you know, career, you know, will it hinder the career? Uh, I got shut down a little bit, but it's, uh, you know, it's a serious question. What's what's he going to be like?
0: Yeah, you won't know for sure, obviously, until he's doing it, but I think it's going to limit his, obviously, his, 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 um, you know, just his strength and performance on the bike and control of the bike. He'll still be good, don't get me wrong. Will he be as good? Probably not.
1: Yeah, as long as he can get back on the bike, um, yeah, we, we need to see him back on there. So hopefully, hopefully he's all right.
0: Yeah, and he did, he did get that extension, didn't he? He's got a two-year deal with, um, with, with um, Husky, so he's got one more year to go. So, yeah, hopefully he can, um, hopefully he can play that out and get the full season out as well. That'll be nice to see. All right. Next one on our list is uh, just a little bit of an update from Troy Lee Designs Gas Gas. Uh, Caden Braswell's out. He's had his uh, fill in time. He's done eight races, and uh, that's it.
1: It's a bit surprising. in the end, yeah, yeah, you'd think that they would, um, yeah, just keeping him till the end. But um, no, he's done well. Uh, it'll be, you know, interesting to see where he ends up next. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure uh, I'm sure that's not the last that we've heard of him.
0: No, well, this is only his first season as well. So, surely somebody's picking him up. But, yeah, don't know who. No word on that side of things yet. We'll have to see what that is. But it just seems odd. Like, they don't have Moseman um, at this point for, for Gas Gas, unless something's really, really changed. Um, but, yeah, they, they have that bike. He's already on it. He's been performing okay, I would have thought, like, uh, I think, like, you know, he's not winning or anything, but he's he's doing reasonable. Why wouldn't they have him go? Maybe there's an expense there that they're trying to save. I don't know. But, yeah, just seems a bit odd that they've dropped him at this point. But, yeah, good on him for giving him the eight races, I guess, because they, they did only save four to begin with. They could have given him none. Um, so, yeah, look at, it. look at the glass half full, David. It's uh, positive that he got eight races on that gas-gas.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: All right, let's uh, let's have a quick look into MXGP. There's been two sort of major injuries this season that we're just going to touch on uh, that have affected uh, the two main classes here in that MXGP and MX2 side of things. Uh, obviously, Jeffrey Hurlings has made his way back finally from that neck injury that he had a few weeks back um, to the C. I think it was C5 off the top of my head. I haven't written that down. That was a silly faux pas on my, my part. But basically, the in the short term. He's ruined himself another championship e- effort there. He was working his way into this season really nicely and looking like he was going to pretty much take that title to the very end with Prado. But, um, yeah, just another freak crash and another freak injury for Jeffrey Hurlings just throws him out. And, seriously, he could be, you know, 10, 20 times world champion. Um, but just just the injuries just seem to always add up for him. And the other one I'll touch on quickly is for Iago Geertz in that MX2 class there. that sec- So he obviously made his way back from a wrist injury and was basically back to within a couple of points of the championship lead there in MX2. And then a freak crash where he runs into somebody who already has crashed on the downside of a jump and breaks his collarbone. I'm pretty sure that's going to spell the end of this title hunt, and that might be the end of him getting an MX2 title because I believe he ages out at the end of this season. So as much as it's a collarbone fracture and it's pretty minor, he said that he's going to have surgery, and whether he can ride in the time frame that he needs to to not mix the next GPs, I doubt that's going to happen. He'll probably be back for the end couple, but whether the races he misses is just too many, um, given he's already missed a couple from his wrist fracture earlier in the season. I don't know how, how he's going to make up that points deficit at this stage of the season. But it will be interesting to watch and see how that plays out. But it just shows that the injuries are affecting not just the AMA this year but also MXGP as well. So plenty of, ha- plenty of things happening in the world of moto and injuries, as always, Benny.
1: Yes, uh, that's, uh, that's your motto. injuries are a part of moto.
0: It's unfortunate, but that's what happens. So yeah, I, I, I'm pretty accurate with that one. I think I, I, I'm not <laughs> rude. I'm just being truthful. Anyway, all right, let's get into um, our favorite topic, Benny. It's time for Pulp MX Fantasy and the Always Motor Fantasy League.
1: It's been a while, it but we're been. here. <laughs>
0: and I have to, I have to say, I updated the points so that I had them all here ready for this segment. And uh, the last time that we did this segment. I was down in the 60s overall, and you were in 52nd. Do you want to have a guess, if you haven't already seen it, at what the standings are now?
1: Uh, yeah, I've seen it, and I, I looked it up after the last <laughs> round, so I actually, <laughs> I actually knew what it was.
0: Do you feel disappointed?
1: There's a few names that I won't go into, (laughs) Um, and and a lack of getting up and paying attention. Um, No, there was one weekend where I was out of service and I just could not log in, and I picked a team before I left town, and I couldn't change it i didn't even know what the results were till i got home um and i think two of my riders didn't even race so that's you know there's nothing you can do about it that's where you pay for the mulligans and they save you but uh i didn't do that
0: well uh, yeah so i'm gonna let everybody in on the standings here so i've moved myself from the mid 60s i'm now in 50th and Benny has, has moved himself up, but he's now in 51st. So I've managed to pull myself back in front. I'm 10 points in front of Benny. So we're going to we're gonna have a battle royale to the end here for the last three rounds to see who can come out on top between the two of us. But, yeah, it just goes to show, we've had some pretty average scores between the two of us this motocross season. We are nowhere near in this championship hunt for the Always Moto League. The guys at the front have got plenty of points on us, mate.
1: Yeah, they have. I think last week was my best finish or uh, well, two weeks ago, whatever it was. I think that was my best finish of the year and I think I still had zero points from one rider and uh, well, Jed, we know Jed Beaton had some problems but um, yeah, I shouldn't have probably got the amount of points I got last round, let's just say that much.
0: <laughs> well, I'll let you in, a, in on a secret. I, uh, I paid for the mulligans, I paid for three uh, and I actually let all three play out the last three rounds because I was overseas and was in different time zones and wasn't sure of where I was or what I was doing at that point in time on those days. I let the mulligans play out so it's actually all Travis Marks' computer program that has actually brought me back to beat you so far.
1: Yeah, well, that's you know, you pay the extra money. That's fair enough too. I think
0: it was five bucks or ten bucks. So, uh, yeah, ten bucks. Yeah, got me in front. So yeah, we're going gold. Anyway, all right. Let's um. So this, I'm just been kicked out. i am just trying to check check out my picks, and I've been logged out for some reason. I can't log back in. It's going great guns over on this side of the side of the world.
1: Um, yeah. Well, I just had. Uh, I just had problems as well, but um, I got it in. So you got, uh, what did you get? 21st place last round, and I got 12th.
0: Yeah, nice. Now, one we need yeah. to point out, we had our 50th position for 50, for the Red Bud 50th anniversary um, for the prize, which we're going to do uh, a rip clear... Um, Universal lens pack for and it went to two strokes suck, but I don't think I have two strokes sucks details. So if two strokes suck is out there, uh, you need to get well, just
1: send us a DM. just before. Oh, no, never mind. Just ignore me.
0: All right, I will. It's fine. Um, yeah, so yeah, two yeah. Stroke suck. get in touch, send us a DM uh, through the Instagram. And we'll um, we can get that prize out to you, but um, yeah, we need to um, we need to set up a position for this week, Benny. Um, I have I'm dropping this right now. Any idea on a position that we can do for a random prize for Unadilla? How many photos have we well, to do? The Jets gone gone um, undefeated. We're at uh, what is that? Sixteen, isn't it? So this would be seventeen and eighteen.
1: Yes. <laughs> cool. I was thinking, it's up to you. Mm. I was thinking that uh, Coco Pop's sign that you had yes. uh, had a number on there as to how many uh, hours you, hours you hours you spent on a plane. I like it. Um, so we could go with that if you want, Let's or, go that. Yeah, or I we can get
0: like thirty-seven hours of flying time, and it was actually traveling time, not just flying time, but. Um, yeah, 37 hours of travel time to get to Redbud from Newcastle, Australia. So let's go with 37th. I like it. Let's put it in. So 37th will be our random position. Uh, we'll work out the prize and we'll put it up on the social media um, tomorrow probably as to what it'll be. But, um, yeah, get your tips in and we'll um, make sure that we can uh, you can be in the running for that. Now, remember, you've got to have sent your email uh, to or your details for the fantasy league to fantasy at com so that we can actually get you the prizes and I can stop trying to chase people and find them in the midst of nothing because so far they're not getting back to us very well, which is kind of sucky because we want to give away stuff to people for nothing. So,
1: yeah, I might end up with it all again this season or. If you don't well, get it be, in...
0: That'll be your payment for the podcast. If they don't claim their prizes, they're just all going to Benny. So people don't let that happen.
1: Yeah, no. I'm already... Uh, yeah. I've already had all my prizes, so... Uh,
0: so I can't get... Uh, pulp Fantasy has kicked me out and I can't get back in. So I don't know what is going on. But Benny, if you, you got your tips available for this weekend and we can do yours, and we'll have to leave it at that for this ep- this segment today.
1: Um, do you want to go through your team last round you or can, you just you jump see, in? Because like?
0: I didn't pick it, like I said, the mulligan did. So I'm just gonna, it's no point running through my team.
1: Um, well, I can't click on either of our teams actually. I think <laughs> I the, can't do anything either.
0: I think the thing, I think the site might have just crashed itself because it's it's having a shocker of a time.
1: It, uh, I I can, uh, I can see what I've picked for this week. Uh, I can't that. say. Yeah. Now, this is it's going to be subject to change because we've just had a two-week break and we're not sure what these uh, our lovely riders over here are going to do. Uh, anyway, 250s, I've chosen Hayden Deegan for my uh, all-star, even though we just said that he might have a shitty weekend. Still going to choose him. <laughs> Um Preston Kilroy at an eight, Jaleek Swall at a three, and Faulkner at a three. Um that was a nasty first first corner crash for Faulkner last round two. He got cut up real bad Dude, I after know. after getting caught in that back wheel.
0: Yeah, that was ugly, and I think he got lathered in a lot of cream from Riley for the next few days after that. So somebody was enjoying something. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think there's a few uh, few boys in our group chat that uh, <laughs> wish they were wish they were Faulkner at this point.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, for a few reasons. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's move on. <laughs>
1: uh, so then I've got Anderson, uh, Jason Anderson, Kyle Chisholm, Dylan Ferrandis, and Shane McQuarath for my 450 team. And I've got. Um, Jet, which didn't pay off last round, as an FFL, and I've got uh, Degan as my 250 FFL.
0: Oh, he's going FFLs as well. It's actually not a bad idea with yeah. Jet. It's pretty, pretty safe, I would say. Obviously, not last round, but um, be pretty damn close most of the time. So yeah, nice, nice picks there. Um, I can't tell you mine because I can't see him still. But what I <laughs> can tell you is that you brought it up a couple of times and we should make note of it we do have the always moto fantasy group chat going and it's not just about the fantasy league we talk all sorts of shit in there at times Uh, so if you want to be a part of it you just need to send us a dm and we can get you into that group chat and you'll hear and see all the goings on because all the different things that end up in that chat are from all the way around the world of moto which is pretty cool um, so, yeah, send us a DM to myself at always.moto or to Benny. It's uh, at Grino, G R I N O 2 2 on Instagram. We can get you in that chat league. Uh, and look, while we're at it, thanks to our Fantasy League sponsors, we've had some great prizes across these couple of leagues this year. Uh, and that's all thanks to Coastal Motorcycle Centre, um, Goat Brand MX, Thor MX Australia, Michelin Australia, Ringmaster Images, Helltech Australia, Bolt Everywhere. Ripclear australia ryko australia and zax and esco motorcycle repairs as well so appreciate all those sponsors being on board for the fantasy league uh, and remember to be following all those pages on one of their social um, social points facebook instagram whatever um, so that we can show their love to them and they can keep giving us prizes hopefully again in 2024 All right, Benny. Anything else you want to add tonight before we wrap this thing up?
1: Um. Yeah. One thing I do. I can't remember this person's name, um, well but I know far. that they listen. Yeah, but they listen to the podcast, and then I didn't have my phone on me. Um, actually his name was Blair cause I've just found it. Um, he listened to our podcast on Spotify oh, yeah. and he, it was the world Supercross preview show. And he said that it was a good podcast, but I didn't have my phone on me and I came back to a message from him, but it said he had unsent the message. And then I just sent him a message. I'm like, Oh, what did you send? And then he, said you know i listened to the podcast on spotify it was good blah 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 so like don't be afraid to message me or you know i don't care message me tell me tell me i'm shit tell me i'm good whatever you want to message i don't care but you know he might have messaged me and then thought oh you know, shit. Like, I don't want to say anything. And then, you know, that's why I asked the question. But yeah, I don't care. Our, you know, our socials are there for everyone to see. If you want to add me, add me. If you want to say something, say it. I'm not worried. So that's, um, yeah, that's it.
0: (laughs) I love the way you ended that. Um, Yeah, that's it. No, look, that's exactly right. Um, Maybe we need to just make you a bit more public, Benny, and actually just um, take a big screenshot of your profile and post it on the Always Moto page and say you need to follow this guy and you can talk to him. Here's his DM.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe you have to follow me as well as always, moto page to get your prizes. (laughs) Make it even hard. Make it even harder.
0: Numbers up or something? We could do that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, don't worry. The numbers are going up with all these uh, lady bots that are liking my page and my story and everything else.
0: (laughs) Isn't that frustrating that that crap happens? That you can't. You think, oh sweet, we've got some more followers, and you look, and they're just all. They're just all bots, and you're like, "Oh yeah, they'll disappear next week when um when the algorithm catches up and deletes them all." so it's frustrating, but yeah, you know it is what it is. It seems to happen to everybody, so it must be a sign that we're doing something right they've actually taken notice so
1: yeah but like you said it's annoying you think oh i've got a notification and then uh, it's just some you know yeah some bot liking your photo or just commenting do you want do you want to join my cryptocurrency you know it gives you it gives you this gives you the shit the (laughs)
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. anyway but no yeah yes the whole point of us saying your stuff on here is so that they can get in touch with you too so yeah feel free to send it to, to myself to benny um, you know you can send it to, to any of us it doesn't matter so look be, we're open to be in touch with um, we'd love to hear from you guys that's why we have the, the fantasy league group chat too is so we can interact with you guys and girls out there um, so please send us a message tell us we're crap or preferably tell us we're good but either way <laughs> just, just um just tell us something so yeah it'd be nice to hear from you guys and girls out there that are listening to the shows too and tell us where you're actually listening at on what platform whether it's spotify or you know google podcasts or or whatever it is because it's nice to know that if we're on that one for you and if it's working well too so yeah it'd be good to get some feedback all right benny let's um let's wrap it up there i'll I'll be back shortly after this we'll do a quick little break and we'll be back and do an outro hey what's up guys it's scott meshey number 411 and you're listening to the always moto podcast Alright right, guys and girls, we are back. Short show this week. We just wanted to get things back on the roll from the Always Moto podcast after our break, after Red Bud, because we're traveling. Uh, But yeah, so just short show, just reviewing what had happened. We don't have an emergency department this week. We've got to get back up onto speed with everything that's happening with all of the injuries. We did touch on some of them throughout the show, but obviously there's others that have happened, and we'd like to be a bit more across them before we brought you the information. We're not just here to bring it out as fast as we can. We're here to bring it out when we know what is actually happening and we can describe it accurately because i'd hate it when people bring out info that's wrong so we're just doing the right thing by you guys and girls out there when you're listening to the always moto podcast hopefully you can trust the information because we've done it right the first time around all right, so thanks for listening, guys and girls. Don't forget to get those T-shirt orders and those hat orders to info at alwaysmoto.com. Um, make sure you're following us on our social media pages to stay up to date with all things moto, particularly the injuries in the sport. Search alwaysmoto, follow and subscribe. Same for the podcast feeds. Follow the, fo- the feed there. If your app allows, please leave us a rating. It means a lot. Don't forget to check out our written articles over on fullnoise.com.au and soon to be additional content over on alwaysmoto.com. But that's it for another show, guys and girls. Thanks to Competitive Edge Performance, Slamboard Guy, Endurance Recovery Boots and Tech, One Six Seven, 3D Printing for the show support. Check out our show links in the show notes or on our socials on the bio in the bio um, to get those discount codes. Listen to the start of the show. Thanks to the fantasy league sponsors. Thanks to the Always Moto contractor. Thanks for you guys and girls out there for listening. Remember, you need to be smooth to be fast, because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you deep in the emergency department, maybe even the clinic, having strap and tape thrown wherever it will stick.